Welcome to the Land of Etheria. Season 1, The Shattering. Episode 24, Saving Scorch. Once upon a time, in the Land of Etheria, there was a Princess Nea and a Princess Lulu, and they went on the most amazing adventures. No sooner had Princess Nea, Lulu, and Wall walked away from Ella's enchanted well than they overheard the news that Scorch had been kidnapped by the ogre King Balok of Gosdor. We've got to save Scorch, Nea said to the others. Yes, agreed Lulu. Wall, will you come with us? Will you help us find Scorch and save him? Now Wall wasn't sure what to do. He just found out that if he wanted to learn the truth about his long-lost family, he would find it out through Princess Nea and Princess Lulu. Yet Wall was an ogre, and King Balok was an ogre king. If he were to help them, it would mean making enemies of his fellow ogres. And Wall actually knew the king, and many, many other ogres across Etheria. That was the dragon that almost burned down Ubin, Wall said, referring to the time when the ogres had captured Sparlin Castle, but then were chased away by Scorch all the way back to their home? Well, not really, Nea said, and she explained that the plan that day with Scorch was to get back to Sparlin Castle and scare the ogres by having Scorch pretend to attack them. We knew that King Balog didn't want to use the purple crystal to save Etheria, and that he wants to use them for himself, Lulu said. And Wall knew that was true. Wall had actually been the ogre who found the purple crystal when it fell from the sky. When King Balok found out that he had it, he took it from Wall. Wall knew that the princesses had good hearts, and that he could trust them more than he could trust King Balok. Okay, I'll help, he said. Don't worry, Wall. We'll do whatever we can to help you find your family, Lulu said, giving Wall a big hug. As they traveled down to the ogre country, they started to make a plan on how they were going to rescue Scorch. While they hiked, a hawk appeared in the distance. It's Ryla! Nea announced. Ryla flew around their heads, circling a few times, then slowly descended. In her claws, she held a small vial. When she got close, she dropped the vial into Wall's hands and found a nearby perch to sit on. I see you adventurers have found each other, she squawked. You will need that vial if you are to free Scorch. It's a gift from Ola of Ubin. Ola? Of Ubin? Wall asked, recognizing that Ubin was another ogre city in ogre country. Ryla ignored his question. I know this might be asking a lot of you, Wall, but you must trust the good inside of you and inside of others. There will come a time when a lot will be asked of you, and you will need to trust your heart. You will need to have faith. And princesses, you will need to trust in Wall. He will lead you both to the next crystal. It has not been found with someone of pure heart. 
Naya and Lulu just looked at each other. Before they could ask Ryla any questions, she opened up her wings and flew away. Now I must go. There is still much work to do. Do not lose hearts, young keepers, she said, flying away. When Wall looked at the bottle, he noticed a nicely written label on it. Moonshade pollen. And a note from Ola. Princess Naya and Lulu, I was told that you would need this soon. Do you remember the moonshade flowers in Skyrabia and what happened to Princess Arya when she breathed them in? I saved some for our adventures, and was told by Ryla that you might need some soon. Be careful not to smell them because they will put you right to sleep, and there's enough pollen in this bottle for a whole village. Ola. Well, let's keep this handy for sure, said Lulu. Wal put it in his pocket, and the adventurers continued on their way, thinking of a plan for how they would rescue Scorch. Nea and Lulu had magic capes that allowed them to turn into ogres, but since they used them before with the Ogre King, they knew he'd be able to recognize them, so they came up with a better plan. They would wear the ogre cloaks, but have Wal pretend to have captured them and take them to the ogre jail. Wall also pointed out that ogres liked weapons, so they picked up some crazy metal tools and weapons to bring with them and say these were to help arm the ogres in battle, but they would really use them to free Scorch and protect themselves. As soon as Scorch was free, they would fly themselves out to safety. As they got closer and closer to Gosdor, they started to get nervous and weren't sure their plan was going to work. What if King Balok didn't believe them? What if Wall decided to help the ogres instead? The princesses were so nervous. And then it happened. They walked into Gosdor with their cloaks on, just like they were real ogres. Wall took them into King Balok's castle, easily, and most ogres didn't think twice about it. Where have you been? asked the guard with a slight growl. Found any more stones? Wall just shook his head. No, but I found some ogres and weapons the king might be interested in. The guard looked at the ogres, not recognizing them, but not too worried either. He let them through without any questions. Wall, snarled an ogre dressed in battle armor, come back with treasure for the king. Well, general, I have some weapons here, he said, pointing to his backpack. We could always use weapons said the general. There is a battle brewing. And a few prisoners? The ogre general looked surprised. Ogre prisoners? You know we don't lock them up. We just torture them. He let out a belly laugh that turned into snorting. Don't be fooled. They're not really ogres. They're pretending to be ogres with magic, Wall said. The general's eyes widened. Magic? Ooh, I love magic. Can you show me? It's it's best not to. These two are much more dangerous than they look. Princess Naya and Lulu made scary faces, which on their own faces would not have looked very scary, but on their ogre faces were very, very intimidating. The general backed up quickly. Lock them up. Put them in one of the empty cells. And did you hear? We captured the destroyer. In fact, tells Rog to take a break. He's put in a long shift today. Wall, Nea, and Lulu walked down to the dungeon 
and told the guard at the post that he could take a break. He walked off quickly, leaving the three dwarves completely free to rescue Scorch. As soon as the coast was clear, they walked over to Scorch. Scorch, however, did not like the looks of three ogres getting near him and started to breathe in, ready to unleash a large, fiery breath. Realizing they were still dressed in their ogre cloaks, Nea and Lulu quickly pulled them off, revealing their true selves. Scorch immediately settled down. Don't worry, Scorch, Nea said. Wall is a friend here, like Ola. And she pointed to Wall. Who is this Ola they keep talking about? Wall wondered. And why did her name sound so familiar? This isn't going to work, Lulu said, trying to cut his shackles off with a saw. The metal is too thick. There's always the key, said Nea, walking over to the wall, where a ring of keys was kept. Zrug must have left his key ring. They systematically tried every single key on the ring, but without success. We can't give up now, said Lulu. There's got to be a way. Wall walked over. Scorch flinched. Don't worry. I'm just going to pick the lock, he said. And he got down next to Scorch and pulled out two small pins he kept in his pocket to pick the lock. Something I picked up from an elf along the way. Click! The first cuff fell off. Then Wall went to the second cuff. Only as soon as he started to pick the second cuff, they heard a noise. Someone was coming to the jail cells. Quick, Lulu! See if you can put them to sleep with your magic flute. Lulu pulled out her flute and played the magic tune. From the hallway, they could hear the ogres gruffing. What was that? They said and started heading towards them. Nea slammed the door shut. Quick! It didn't work. We have to hurry. Click. The other shackle came off. I have an idea, Wall said. Put on your cloaks. Scorch, you need to grab them and break through that back door. Leave me here and I will meet you all at the edge of the scattered woods later tonight. The princesses put on their cloaks and Scorch did as he was commanded. Scorch broke through the back door and out of the dungeon. As he made his way out of the castle and into the open air, ogres with spears started chasing after him. Wall pretended to be chasing after them too but kept a small handful of moonshade pollen in his hand as the ogres came close. Then, at the best time, he discreetly threw pollen into the air, which put them all to sleep. When they were far enough out of sight and safe, Wall immediately laid down next to the other ogres and pretended to be asleep too. And when the ogres awoke, Wall told them that he had warned all of them of their magic and that this must have been a ploy of theirs from the beginning to rescue Scorch the Destroyer. He was going to go after them himself, no matter what it took, and bring them back to Gosdor in chains. However, when he left Gosdor that night, he met up with the princesses and Scorch on the edge of the scattered woods. Scorch was so excited to see them, he took them on a nighttime flight all over Etheria, high enough to see the entire land, but low enough to avoid the Sky Kingdom of Skyrabia. And he didn't even think about taking them home. In fact, Scorch ended up taking them back to his own nest, 
where he could be very, very safe among the mountains, on the Morin Peninsula, just on the other side of Tortura Bay. Even though they were all safe, they all felt a little uncomfortable. What they didn't know was that they were all three about to stumble upon something very, very important. The End The Land of Etheria is produced by a father-daughter team and made possible in part to its supporting fans. It's contributions from fans like you that keep the adventure going. If you enjoy The Land of Etheria and would like to see more episodes, please visit us at www.thelandofetheria.com and consider supporting the podcast. Thank you and have a great night.